I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is Internet Marketing. Welcome back to the show where we give you the lowdown, the inside information, the word from the experts to help you use the internet as part of your marketing machine. Internet marketing is brought to you by Academy Internet at academyinternet.com and Wireworld Productions at wireworldproductions.com. Hello and welcome to episode 29. This is Andy White here. And in this episode, I talked to Dan about a ban on online gambling from Google. And I talked to Darren Fell of Pure360 about email marketing with particular reference to deliverability. But first over to Dan, and uh, we talk about a ban that Google is putting on online gambling. Um, I apologise for the sound quality. There's a lot of background noise again, uh, but the information is great. Enjoy. Dan, let's talk about this thing that Google is doing now that is causing a little bit of controversy. Okay, what I wanted to do was try and get um, encourage a bit of feedback from our listeners on a topic that a lot of people have been talking about. I've been to quite a few conferences, roundtable events, talks lately, and it seems to be a real thing that people are quite in- interested in. Okay, Google has banned gambling ads. Okay, on their pay-per-click system, if you go to Google now, you do a search on online gambling, something like that, you shouldn't get many results that are actually related to online gambling. Is this organic search or pay-per-click or everything? Pay-per-click. Okay, organic, you'll still be listed. They're not filtering the uh, organic search, but they're filtering the pay-per-click to try and ban these kind of things. Okay, now, there's been a couple of issues with this. First of all, the big agencies have obviously had to comply. A lot of small companies haven't complied with the rules, so they've carried on advertising when other people haven't. So there's a bit of unfairness at play in terms of the big spenders have actually lost out quite a lot. Okay. But the other thing is, this falls in line with US government policy on online gambling, um, making it illegal, and all, all kinds of issues with that, okay? Which is unusual when the law in one country is then applied to all other countries in terms of what Google does. And Google has never, as far as we've really been filtering results. Obviously, in certain legal issues, they, you, know, you, can't, you can't do things that are generally illegal in most countries, but this is quite in line with what the US government's been doing. And what this concern with is, okay, if one government says that you can't do a certain thing, how does that follow through? So in China, that could cause massive issues. There's lots of filtering on the web anyway. So the question people are asking is, how far will Google go with it? Are they right doing this? Is this a mistake to have done this? If they're filtering gambling ads, should they be filtering all sorts of other types of pay-per-click activity where people are doing other things that some people will consider illegal or immoral or whatever it may be? So what I'd really like from people, if they were to email us at contact at academyinternet.com 
um, and tell us what their opinions of what Google are doing are. Do you think this is the first step to something bad? Is this something we really shouldn't be worrying about because it's just falling in line with US government policy? And that's where Google is. So, you know, just because they're following that and they're based in the US, is that acceptable? So what do people actually think about it? And it's quite a departure from what they've normally been doing. The other question that's been raised is, the Google have been in a bit of trouble with the US government in terms of the amount of data they're keeping and that kind of thing. Are they just doing this to appease the lawmakers or is it you know, completely separate? Also, uh, Google have been in trouble over their privacy policy lately. So what do people think about what Google are doing generally? Do they have positive or, or negative kind of opinions of them? For my two pennies worth, I actually have a very positive opinion of what they do. They're a private company. They can do what they want at the end of the day. And we kind of need to remember that although they have a massive monopoly on the market, They've got that monopoly because what they did, they did well. But that's my opinion. That doesn't mean everyone else kind of agrees with that. So I'd be very interested to hear what other people's opinions are and just see, you know, what they think of Google and what they're doing, and in particular to this kind of gambling issue. So this is a worldwide ban on 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 pay per click for gambling, not yeah. not just dot com, but all the dots, whatever's. Absolutely. I mean, just just a quote here from um, New Media Age, which is a UK magazine which focuses on uh, what we do. They said the ruling, which came into effect on Tuesday, stops companies using AdWords if they promote online casinos, sports books, lotteries, except state lotteries. So state lotteries are still allowed. So a state lottery is something, for example, like the National Lottery or a US government-run lottery. So again, there's a bit of a, a flexibility in the rules there. And that includes bingo or poker sites. Also, websites that provide tips, uh, odds and handicapping or software facilitating online casinos and gambling are also now banned. Okay, So it's quite a strict ruling, but for example, the National Lottery in the UK would still allow to be advertised. So what's good gambling, what's bad gambling, what makes a moral, what's a legal decision, how does Google stand that, should they be making those kind of decisions? So we want people's feedback. So feedback to contact at academyinternet.com, send it through and we would love to read some of those opinions out and get a bit of a conversation going. Do we know what the what have we had any feedback from from sort of gambling companies yet? Um, a lot of the agencies that look after the bigger casinos, uh, online casinos, which spend massive budgets online, and I mean absolutely massive, massive budgets online, are outraged because there wasn't any negotiation period, there wasn't a discussion period, um, and the way the rules have been enforced has meant that the big agencies hadn't been able to do it, but a lot of smaller people have just carried on advertising. Go and do a search in Google for online casino, online gambling, see what results come up, and you'll see there actually is some advertising there still in some places. So um, it's upset the industry in that there hasn't been a discussion area, a forum for this whole kind of thing. But at the same time, you know, Google are a private company and they can do what they want. It's just how much, the bigger audience you've got, the more people are going to upset when you make a decision. So Now, isn't this, do you remember um, Cassie Meinbach to about uh, six, eight months ago? There was a lot of talk about, and I can't remember the phrase people were using, but they were very worried about this selective uh, sort of bandwidth thing of different varieties of website and that you might have to pay extra to be on the normal sort of bandwidth. Is this not kind of in line with that? I don't think so. I mean, it just seems like they've just gone an outright ban. Online gambling is bad, therefore we banned it. They haven't said you can pay more and a thing like that. I mean, adult websites, certain levels of them are still allowed to advertise, but then Google has always banned certain things. And Google's policy, or its tagline of don't be evil, i.e. don't do bad things, I mean, perhaps, you know, that, that's their moral stance, then they think they feel that gambling isn't a good thing, which they're totally entitled to do that. But lots of people don't have the same feeling. And there is a real... Um, the US approach to gambling in the UK is so completely different in the US obviously there's some legal implications you're not allowed to do it in terms of online whereas UK most online casinos are coming to the UK now because it's seen as a good tax haven for gambling and also you know we have quite a relaxed attitude towards betting so it's interesting to see how that's coming to play and the fact that Google is a US company 
US law does go. Um, so yes, I'd be really fascinated to hear people's opinions. So feedback, please. Thank you very much, Dan. Thank you very much. Now, just before we go on to the next segment, I must talk about our main sponsor, Academy Internet, who have been with us from the start. Now, Academy Internet are a full-service online marketing agency who cover the full spectrum of online marketing activities and objectives. It's all about using the technology to make your business work, and they're happy to guarantee that they will improve your return by at least 30%. You can find them at www.academyinternet.com, or you can call them on 44 if you're outside the UK, or 01273 Okay, so moving swiftly on, let's go to that uh, interview now with Darren Fell. Really long interview, 21 minutes, but it was just so good, the information, that I didn't want to cut it down anymore. We talk about email marketing, and we're particularly talking about email deliverability. Loads of really great information. Enjoy. Darren Fell of Pure360, hello. Good to see you today. Yeah, hi there, Andy. Now, Darren, you did a talk back in May on email deliverability. Could you give us a synopsis of that? Because uh, people out there that are using email for marketing want to know the best things they can do to maximise their delivery of email. What can you tell us? Well, it's it's actually quite a, a detailed subject, so I'm going to try and do it as quickly as I can. But fundamentally, um, getting into inboxes is getting much, much harder. And there's all these new companies that are offering deliverability assistance services, and they're charging an arm and a leg to do it. And I think it's an utter load of rubbish. If you use a proper ESP, an email service provider, that knows exactly what they're doing, uh, protecting the, the reputation of the IP addresses of the delivery servers, and they know what they're doing, and you listen to, and they, they, they have the expertise to, to help you with the creative and with the data and all the other parts, the attributes of how email marketing works, you can get excellent deliverability. And uh, if anybody thinks my voice is going, it is because I've just been on an American call swooping and, and uh, screaming all weekend. So uh, if it goes, then uh, we'll have to uh, make it a part two. Um, but yeah, there, there's so much more to deliverability and it actually requires a lot more time to think about it in terms of creating the creative managing your data properly in terms of uh, either a, a proper single opt-in uh, man- a well-managed opt-in list or a double opt-in list uh, and there's a lot of other parts and I can guide you through all of the parts to actually ensuring deliverability without paying the, what marketers are actually happy to pay amazingly like five pounds a thousand and more to get it into the inbox you don't need that Guide us, guide us. Guide you, guide you. I will guide you then. Right, I'll use my, uh, my presentation that I used at Internet World uh, back in May as, as my, my guide to, to guide you through this. But there's, there's a number of key areas here. So there's reputation, there's the, the content, uh, you know, how you create the mail, there's the trust. And this is the, one of the most interesting areas uh, of email marketing, keeping that trust with the end user. They've signed up, but they've forgotten. And then they go and click the spam button in Hotmail or AOL. Disaster zone. That affects the reputation of your IP address. So I'll talk about that in more, more detail. That's really interesting. The timing of the mails. You consistently get the wrong timing. People get annoyed. They click the spam button. Affects your IP, IP address to the delivery service, your reputation, and suddenly you stop getting through. Then there's the, uh, the data side of it. Um, ensuring 
ensuring you've got the a really well-managed single opt-in list, or even better, much, much better, a double opt-in uh, list. So you sign up anywhere. The, the ESP should provide a system that sends you an email back. Are you who you, who you say you are? You click on the link in that, in that double opt-in mail. Yes, you are, absolutely. So we won't make a mistake when we send you mails. And of course, the last part, part is, is the creative, getting the creative you know, absolutely correct. Yeah. It's um, the content of the email, isn't it? It, it is. The, the creative is, is on top of the, the content. So I'll guide you through all of these parts and hopefully we can fit it into... Uh, three, it? three minutes. <laughs> three, <laughs> three minutes. <laughs> right, okay. Firstly, reputation. People think it is domain-based, so that the whole domain has got blocked. Now, in some cases, spam filter companies will actually use that, but fundamentally it comes down to... Because you can, you can pretend to be anybody who you want to be in, in, you know, in the phishing attacks. We all see that. It is the IP address of the delivery service which is in question. So you've got to do everything you can as an email service provider to keep those clean. Now, I, I'm more than happy to hold my hands in the air and say, about two and a half years ago, we got blocked. We got blocked with AOL because some wonderful agency loaded on a list and it, it, was, it was basically an AOL spam list. A disaster zone. Now, thank God we divided out our infrastructure between clean customers or big brand customers and as we we call them non-certified or in brackets dirty not the dirty customers but it's it's potential that an agency could load on a list that isn't altogether absolutely perfect so we separated out the infrastructure so this never affected all of our big brand customers only affected a small portion of the of the of the agency customers so what we what we learned from that it took us about 48 hours to get back onto AOL and we, we I was horrified I thought this is my my business it's going to affect all of our you know all of the agency customers what can we do so we called a, a board meeting and uh, I, I said well this fantastic reporting we got on there can't we utilize that to stop this ever happening again and that's where we, we uh, agreed that we build a risk analysis monitoring system, which is a, the fancy name we gave to it. So now every single mail that's ever sent on the pure system automatically checks. If it goes over certain tolerances, opt out, hard bounce, soft bounce, mm-hmm. or even blocks, it will pause the send. It will then send the customer now to say, look, you've exceeded the tolerances, please check your list. Um, it sends the account manager um, a mail uh, to say, Look, get on the, 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 the phone, let's just find out what's happening. So since that horrendous time, we have now learned a hell of a lot of lessons and the system initially runs the data slow so we can capture anything with new data that the customer's loading on. And after that, every single send protects all the IP addresses and keeps us clean. Clever stuff. Yeah, it's it, well, it, it's it's just a fundamental. And I don't think any of the other ESPs are using it now. One thing that many ESPs don't do, and we've done right from the beginning. I think I don't know. It's slightly naive on us on our part to do it, but we've 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 done it all the way through. In the reporting, it actually shows you where you get where you get blocked. Now, normally, an email provider wouldn't dare do that because it actually show how many blocks they've got uh, going out there. You know, they could be blocked with some key ISPs, and the system will actually show you that. Now, we do that because. Uh, we're open and honest and with the risk analysis monitoring system and dividing the system up between certified and non-certified everything keeps those the reputation of those IP addresses perfect 
But if anything does happen on, and come back on a blocked, it shows up, the customer sees it straight away, but pretty much we've seen it beforehand and we've gone straight onto the ISP and say, well, what's going on? Why have you blocked us? Let's find out. Is it a bad list? Right, we'll talk to the customer about that and, and confirm whether it's double opt-in information. If it's not, we won't let them use it again. If a customer persists in that, uh, we will unfortunately have to turn, turn that customer off. And that's everything about really good data management and IP uh, management. So that's the reputation succinctly as far as I can get it there's a whole area about whitelisting I can talk about which may be another another conversation about how the guys keep looking at the IP addresses on Hotmail and things like that a Hotmail or MSN provided SNDS network almost gives you a traffic light sequence on our IPs for Hotmail alone and we have similar systems and that's called a response path so there's stacks and stacks of stuff to talk about there but I don't think we have time the next one content and I'll try and steam through this as, as fast as I can there's so much detail in each of these sections the content one is where everybody's seen this you run your mouth through spam assassin now every good ESP worth their sort should have a direct check with spam assassin and it will identify all the silly things you've done that looks look spam like and there's silly things in the database that they believe I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites so if you're not looking on LinkedIn you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra start hiring professionals like a professional post your free job on linkedin.com people today Wow nice yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Makes it look like a spam, like you put all caps in the subject line, it gives you one point. You could put, um, you know, click here, free. Yes, free, free, yeah. will, free will bring it up, and it all creates everything is associated with a point scoring. Could be 0.5, could be 0.25, or one. Uh, yeah, all caps in the subject line will get, get you one. And it's normally the corporate spam filters are set to five, so you get to that point and you suddenly don't get into the inboxes in, in that whole corporation. So Definitely worth doing a spam assassin check. So many big brands don't do it. Have beautiful creatives, beautiful copy, but haven't done a fundamental check. They score, they score seven on spam assassin. Yes, and uh, and they they wonder why no one came back on the mail. Mm. Now the other thing to do on the content side is. You know, we have some brilliant creatives out there. Creatives typically work for web. Now, web is very different. Browsers are very accommodating uh, in, in the HTML, uh, but email clients are very dumb 
and they're not particularly good. So uh, everything has to be dumbed down, particularly for Microsoft Outlook 2007. It has to be really dumbed down. Now, mistakes you can make in HTML is, is untidy mistakes, really. You can end up having one massive line of HTML uh, code. It still work in a browser. In that spam filter, it will go, if it's over a 1,000 characters of HTML, it will reject that because things like Microsoft Exchange as a server can't handle it and it rejects it. So what I'd recommend is, is just stacks of free HTML validators on the net. Just check your HTML before you do it because your creator could have done a wonderful job but the HTML looks like a bag of spanners behind the behind the scenes. Right, okay. Okay, so that's a bit on content. Trust is, is the most interesting area that I, I've seen. There was the email senders, uh, sender and provider coalition did a survey out there of how people manage their email. It really was interesting that all of us get stacks of emails every day and we've got our own techniques for managing email. Now, a lot of the people using Gmails and Hotmails and AOLs manage email using the spam button. Oh my God. If they manage using the spam button, that directly affects the IP's reputation of the delivery service for the ESP. So you want to do everything you can to say to that user, you signed up to it, mate. You know, you, you, you want to get it. If you do anything, make sure you use our unsubscribe facility. And that's not a problem. We do it instantly. Mm-hmm. So the, the, my ideas, uh, and which, which I help with all of my the top brands, is like the top before the creative going, you, know, you signed up onto you know, www.emailmarketing.com marketingmanual.com um, and we're sending you the email address to this email address because they might have a few they might unsubscribe and go hey man you sent me again you spammer mm. no no I'm sending it to that address you unsubscribe from that address if you, set, if you sign up three times then it's going to tell you in the top line and the other thing which most brands don't like is put the unsubscribe right at the top if you're going to unsubscribe, don't let them uh, you know, click on the, the spam button. Let them click on your own unsubscribe system and therefore protecting the reputation of your delivery IP addresses. Okay, so let me get this right. You're suggesting that you put the unsubscribe link right at the top. Yep, absolutely. Now, if you trust yourself as, as, a, as a marketeer and your brand and you do a fantastic job, they're not going to unsubscribe. They've signed up to it because they want the, the latest special offers and all the really useful information you're doing. If, of course, they do instantly unsubscribe, well, I'm afraid you may, may be doing a poor job in the, in the creative. So trust yourself to do this. Put the unsubscribe there because the last thing you want is them to click on that, that spam button that's in Hotmail or AOL. Because uh, with our big online gaming firm uh, companies that are using the system, they're sending millions of mails and we have to tell them to keep reducing the frequency because on, say, Hotmail, the SNDS uh, network, if you imagine this traffic light sequence, you, the whitelisting guys go, oh my God, Darren, you've got to tell them that they've got moved from green to amber and it's about to go into red on the IP address. Tell them to reduce the frequency. Daily is silly. Um, let's go back to three times a week or, or, or weekly just so everything settles down again. And that's just one of the things the whitelisting team will do. So these are, these are the normal, normally from any email marketing company, you'd never hear what goes on behind the scenes. But whitelisting done properly, that's what the, a typical thing they're doing. Darren, just remind us again what, what this SNDS? SNDS. What stands for? Basically, okay. it is uh, Microsoft's incredibly good IP management system for professional ESPs. So you sign up to a response path because we're a legitimate ESP and then you can see everything that's going on on your IP addresses. And then the whole idea is so you can tell your customers, don't be so stupid, what are you doing twice a day? You know, the, the, the end recipients are going to get really annoyed with you and they're going to click the, the uh, you know, it's a spam button and we're, we have trouble getting you back onto the response path for FileMail. Okay, so um, it's a service uh, rendered by Microsoft. Exactly, exactly. And, and free. Can it, it's 
it's free. Can anyone yeah. join or use it? Well, you need to be a legitimate email marketing firm. Okay. So um, th- this is the whole thing, but you can do your own email marketing in-house. You can buy the server, you yeah. can get a technical team, and you can whitelist, but who, quite frankly, has the time? Uh, and this is all about the benefits of, of outsourcing it. You know, Why try and do th- something that's probably not your key uh, you know, capability in-house? Okay, Dan, what else can you tell us? Right, okay. So that's the trust element, and that really is the most interesting and the most controversial, because marketers are going, no, I don't want to do that. You don't want to put the unsubscribe at the top. Timing, of course. Um, get your gut reaction as a marketeer. When's the best time to get that mail in? And then we tune it from then on. Timing's everything because if you keep sending at the wrong time, so maybe you send overnight or early in the morning, and they come in, there's stacks of stuff in the inbox that are going to delete it. Or worse still, as this this survey did, they all click on the spam button. That's their way of managing the, the email. Reputations effects. Mm-hmm. So you can see it all leads back to keep making sure the user, the recipient who did sign up legitimately trusts you and doesn't click on that with with professional systems you can see the timeline of when all the activity is it should be within the first hour of, of when when the mail goes out so you, so uh, you know if the spike is six to six hours on then you shift the next broadcast time six hours on and keep getting that timing there i've you know there's been some good really good examples with brands like hachette filipacci there's one of their magazines is sugar uh, it's a teenager magazine uh, they tried sending in this particular send on a friday after school i question that you know friday maybe they've gone out to play or do, do something different mm-hmm. and sure enough the timeline activity report on, on the enterprise reporting comes up 12 to 24 hours later saturday lunchtime that's when oh, we're on okay. so simply shift the the broadcast over there and suddenly you get all the activity the click-throughs and the opens that you wanted so this is presumably assuming that your target market is all in the same time zone of course Exactly, exactly. You Rather than worldwide. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Thank you for that. Yes. Now, well, that, in that case, like Levi's, I'll, I'll throw that straight back at you, Andy. Yeah. Uh, Levi's, what you do, what our system does, is you divide into profiles by country. Mm. Now, in that case, it's not so, so affected by time zone because it's 14 countries in Europe. RS Components is another mm. one. That's 40 countries. So every single one has its own profile and typically a marketing manager is looking after that so they're aware about the right timing. So you're sort of segmenting them into time zone effectively? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And by country. So everything's kept separate. Lists, messages, yeah. deliveries. So timing is really important for deliverability. Get it wrong consistently and they will kick the spam button. Mm. Uh, last two, data. So, so obvious here. Double opt-in mechanisms for signing up your customers. So using data capture techniques everywhere you possibly can online. The front page. Get a, get a tiny bit of information from the first, then, then learn more later. Double opt-in is the ultimate because the system, like our system, will send an email back and allow them to confirm it. So no one can go around just putting like your email address, Andy, yeah. loads of places and you go, you spammers, how dare you do that? Mm. So that's, that's, that's an obvious. Uh, and if you have to do uh, you know, single opt-in, make sure you manage the data really, really well. Now, I, I won't speak about acquisitional data. You just have to be very, very careful, of course, with that. So this is, this is, These are lists that you've bought effectively, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, exactly. Now, I, I would always say use an ESP. We don't uh, s- uh, sell our own lists. We only use the best brokers out there. We get customers to test really tiny tranches of it, slowed down so the, the risk analysis uh, monitoring system can cut it dead way before it causes any, any problems with any ISP and thereby affecting your IP address. So uh, acquisitional lists, get an ESP that really knows what they're doing to, to manage that initial process for you because you can see a bad list straight away. Hard bounce is a classic on it. If it, if it. if it goes over 15 18%, it's a really bad list especially if a load of people unsubscribe don't don't do it we'll be very very careful what's the difference between a hard bounce and a soft bounce hard bounce is is uh we use algorithms to so you send out mail mm-hmm. the system if it's hard bounce mail mails back 
and our system passes through, as the technical term, passes through all that copy there and finds out, uh, yes, there's a hard bounce type message. So we've got loads of stuff in the database and it goes, right, that user does not exist anymore. So hard bounce is user no longer there. They, it really is a hard bounce situation. The uh, soft bounce is uh, user over quota, like on Hotmail or oh, AOL. Okay, um, so there's loads of soft bounce uh, issues which are temporary. The mail server is temporarily down. The IT department are working on it, mm. but bolting in more or hard disks or memory in it because it's, it's suffering and it's a classic it's a soft bound situation so our system will try seven to nine times mm. it keeps trying but it sets a timer so within tw- uh, it gets a soft bounce message back right okay I'll try you in 20 minutes mm. and it's machine to machine the end user never gets this doesn't get it gets a soft bounce message back again okay I'll try you an hour and it goes about seven to nine times and if it doesn't get a hard bounce message back then it leaves them as a legitimate email address but you often see uh, soft bounce situations maybe later going to hard bounce but it will keep trying to get through and, and that's an automatic process or it should be anyway okay right okay and uh, as fast as I possibly can I've got to the end creative now you would wonder why creatives in deliverability it's in there because again you're trying to elicit this trust from the from the end user creative you try and always get the design so everything's in the preview pane everybody pretty much is using preview pane I think now if you make a fantastic punchy graphic in that preview pane with your call to action there you're so much more likely to uh, you know to get them to click through and do something with yours or view the whole mail. Rather than at the bottom where it's actually you have to scroll down in the preview, exactly. preview pane to see it. Exactly. Yeah. And again, the preview pane. I mean, I, I, was, I was with a customer today. Beautiful creative. Um, some boy standing there with his arms out, out open. Really crisp graphics. Great line stuff. You look in the preview pane. Oh, yeah, and the call to action was right down the bottom on the right. Mm-hmm. Now, you look in the preview pane really doesn't look very interesting so okay subject line uh, uh, makes a massive difference here and I didn't really speak about that that makes all the difference to the open rate you can use personalization well we can slip that one in sneakily at the end <laughs> okay we'll come back to that um, so you can imagine if the preview area looks as boring as you know dishwater mm. they may they may use that spam button on, on that thing or, or you know complain to their IT department this company's sending me a load of rubbish You'll be blacklisted straight away. So, okay, sneakily at the end then, um, subject line, that's absolutely key because that's all you've got. That's the envelope of your direct mail. You've got to make this really exciting. So I, I've always said get it as close to a sun headline and you're, and you're doing well. Put personalization in there. Your, your email provider should be able to do personalization, subject line, you know, immediately, Andy, you know, da-da-da, wins, you know, the latest in it. And it's, it's got all the company name in there. And that makes all the difference to making them click through. And with good creative, and, and if it's all appearing in the preview pane, you're onto a win. And you won't lose or won't stand the chance of them clicking on spam button or making complaints about the mails. Is asking a question in the subject line a good idea? Yes, it is. Questioning is, is absolutely fantastic. Mm. I mean, one of our ones was company name. Is your marketing a shot in the dark? Mm. Oh, my God, how dare that person? And that was an acquisitional mail, but that worked incredibly well for us. Mm. It's like, and, Andy, I think, oh, no, no, it was, it was personalization, company name. Mm. So we didn't, the data, you can never trust the data to do personalization on, uh, you know, on bought-in lists. But company name, of course you can. Okay, so yeah, there's there's obviously so much more detail behind this, but this is the sort of expertise you should get from an ESP. Um, everybody thinks that you know when they sit with a salesperson from ESP, how many whitelists are you on? Oh, well, the other company was on 27. You're only on uh, 15, so I'm going to go to the other company. Absolute rubbish. It's all about managing and doing your emails 
properly uh, and as a consequence we don't we don't uh, enter into any deliverability assistance programs and we do we did a, a measurement across last quarter we got 94.42 percent deliverability out there and that's without using the good mails or the, the any other people there darren fell of pure 360 thank you very much indeed how can people contact you darren well, they can contact me, um, and I've, I've got absolutely no issues putting my uh, my direct email uh, address on. Now I, I'm really good. I've, I've read Getting Things Done book, and I can manage email at the speed of light, I think. That's a good book. I've read that as well. It's absolutely superb. Darren.fell, as F Foxtrot, E-double-L, at pure, P-U-R-E-360.com, or go and look on the website, uh, www.pure360.com. And why, while I'm actually getting a plug in here, this is we've set up another site which is all about the expertise uh, in email marketing and it's called the emailmarketingmanual.com and on a monthly basis we get experts from all around the world literally like Mark Brownlow in Austria uh, a girl in, in America I put our articles in there and it is a great collection of you know real in-depth hit uh, tips on uh, on email marketing and we always get a good brand in there so last month it was innocent drinks and this month I think it's Thomas Pink Sounds like a great resource. The URL again for that one is www.emailmarketingmanual.com. Darren, thank you so much indeed. Thank you. Well, that's it for this week's show. Thank you for listening. I do hope you enjoyed it. Now, we would love to hear from you. So if you have any questions or comments that you'd like to have featured on the show, then do send them to info at academyinternet.com. If you want to send a little WAV or MP3 file with some sort of comment on or a question, please do so, and we'd be very happy to play that as well. Uh, if you're a subscriber, we'd like to thank you for your valuable time. If you haven't subscribed yet, well, there's a couple of ways you can do that. Go to iTunes and just search for Internet Marketing, or go to the www.summitsolutions.co.uk website or the www.academyinternet.com sites, and you can subscribe there. This is Andy White signing off. Have a fantastic week, and we'll see you next time on Internet Marketing. wireworldproductions.com